Welcome to the 100 Master Coaches series featuring master coaches from around the world. Let's journey together on this 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mel, MCC. Hayden Lee is a master certified executive life and leadership coach. He is an Enneagram teacher and co-founder of Mastermind Institute, a partnership with neuroscientists to merge the fields of brain science and professional coaching. Hayden works with high-achieving executives, leaders, who are ready to fly higher and find their weird, for exponential growth in their personal and professional lives. Now onto the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 100 Master Coaches show. This is Coach Mal, and today I have with me a special guest from LA, Los Angeles. <laughs> He's none other than Hayden Lee. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Welcome, Hayden, to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach Mal. You're welcome. So we've had a little bit of a chat before the show. How's it been living in the States? This yeah. is an opening question. Yeah, well, I was actually born in Northern California. So I was oh, born right. in Oakland, um, which is near San Francisco. And I grew up in Sacramento. Okay. And then I moved to San Diego for college, okay. which is in Southern California. And then I moved to Los Angeles. So, okay. Okay. So, so for the first half of my life, I was in Northern California and then a second half of my life I was in Southern California. Yeah, I was born in USA and my parents uh, were from Hong Kong. So I, I was the first uh, generation to be born here. That's, that's fantastic. We're going to continue with that journey. Right? How did it all begin for you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, it's quite an interesting story. Uh, so after college, you know, I moved to Los Angeles and I worked in the entertainment industry, actually. Oh, wow. So I, um, I have a background in psychology and I also have a background in acting. So I was okay. in Los Angeles and I was working um, as an actor. Um, and also I worked um, behind the scenes a little bit in talent management and also in casting. Uh, but like many people in Los Angeles, when, when you're young and in your 20s, you know, you're, you're doing the, you're, you're acting, you're working in entertainment, but you also need other forms of income, right? You need other supplemental income. So yeah. I was also working at a restaurant as well. Like, mm. you know, many, it, there's a joke in Los Angeles. It's like the bartenders and waiters yeah. in Los Angeles probably all have master's degrees and PhDs, which yeah. is quite true, you know, because we're so highly educated yet when you're pursuing entertainment, it's like yeah. a, everyone's equal playing field. It doesn't matter if you have a PhD or, you know, yeah. it's like you're gonna need to make ends meet. But anyway, so, mm. so I was doing all that and I was also an SAT tutor. Oh. So for our international yeah. viewers, an SAT tutor, it's the scholastic aptitude test. Yeah. So, you know, uh, high school students in, in the United States have to take that test in order to apply to university. Yeah. So I was um, working with these high school kids and they were very ambitious and mm. driven and they wanted to get good scores, get into a, a top university. Yeah. So I was working with them and as an SAT tutor, you're just helping them do well on the test. You're not actually giving them any life skills or you're just telling, <laughs> teaching them how to do well on the test. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of bothered me, you know, cause I'm working with all these kids and, and uh, they didn't, when I was asking them deeper questions about who they are or what's important to them or mm. why are they doing this? They couldn't answer other than, mm. well, it's what everyone's doing or it's what my parents want me to do. Or I, if I get a good SAT score, then I get to a good college. If I get to a good college, then I get a good job. 
And then I'm like, okay, well then what, right? I tell them, yeah. okay, so, so what if you have a good job? And so yeah. it was really hard for them to think, think beyond, right? Mm. Think of more possibilities than you, you take the test and then you go to college. And yeah. so I came, um, so I was, I came across this program um, called Academic Life Coaching. And I, it, was, it was online. I came, Academic Life Coaching was specifically a program to get trained and certified um, it's an ICF program to get trained and certified as a life coach, but specifically geared towards working with youth mm. to help them find purpose and passion in wow. their education. Yes. So it's all about helping them develop as leaders and for them to have fulfillment in, in school. And it, I just loved it. It blew my mind because, you know, imagine, how, you know, students enjoying the learning process you know imagine students actually you know loving their education and seeing it for more than just a way to go to college it's actually to live life fully right yeah so i i i did that training and i did really well at that and then i actually was able to start doing coaching full-time mm. right so I was doing coaching full time, working with these uh, students, and I did lots of workshops around Los Angeles about uh, how to find motivation, how to sustain motivation, how to find your core motivation. I do a lot of work in the Enneagram, so I was even bringing the Enneagram, mm. you know, into work with these 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 kids. Enneagram, for those who don't know, it's like a self development system based on your motivation, you know, and so understanding what drives you and what motivates you. Yeah. So it was awesome just helping these kids. All of a sudden, they were excited about school. They were more passionate. They were, um, and we never had to open any textbook, right? Because I'm not teaching them math or teaching them mm. SAT anymore. What I'm teaching them is to look within themselves and to really reflect on who they want to be, what their values are, what's important to them, and then have their actions align with their values. And I did that for you know quite a couple of years, and I loved it. And and, I, um, and it was kind of revolutionary at the time because the tutors are everywhere, right? The tutors are flooding the market, but a certified academic life coach to help young people <laughs> find their purpose and passion, like it sounds crazy, but it was, it was very much needed. Um, and the parents started noticing these transformations in their kids, mm. right? So instead of the parents arguing with their kids about homework and deadlines, uh, the, the kids were being more self-leaders and being motivated and more excited to take care of their own own, own, own school stuff, right? Mm. So then now at the dinner table, they're not arguing about homework. They're having deeper conversations, yeah, right? The questions right. that I'm asking these kids, you know, they're starting to ask their parents these types of questions like values <laughs> and future self, like all these things that, you know, 16-year-olds uh, <laughs> don't usually talk about. Yeah. But the parents were noticing these transformations in their kids and the parents started also asking me, wow, Hayden, you've totally transformed, you know, my kids. Do you work with adults? Yeah. Do you work with teens? Is there any way you could take this type of like leadership training that you've been doing for my kid and do it for my, my team, executives? <laughs> and to be honest, I did not have that training, but I said yes anyways, you know, because yes. of course I do. I, I can coach anyone. I work with all types of people. One of my mottos is, you know, when there's a great opportunity, always say yes and yes. figure it out. You'll figure it out as you go along. Yeah. So that's really what then inspired me to start getting further training in executive coaching. Yeah. And then I got accredited in the Enneagram. And then I got certified in these uh, diagnostic tools, like uh, these leadership uh, 360s. So I mm. started, you know, getting trained and certified in all of these other, other tools, specifically to help high achievers. 
and yeah. executives and leaders and entrepreneurs. Um, and I work with a handful of coaches too, right? You know, people who are like me, basically, really ambitious mm. people who know they have more inside of them to do even more. They want to take it to the, to the next level. Mm. Um, and it all kind of goes together, you know, because the purpose of your show is to really, you know, inspire coaches and to hear the stories from MCCs. And even in my story, I started, you know, coaching 10 years ago, working with teenagers. And I would have mm. never guessed, you know, 10 years later, I'm working with high level executives, C level executives. And I even teach some neuroscience. I do neuroscience of coaching episodes. So it's just this idea of um, just like how coaching itself is this dance, it's this journey. You don't really know where it's gonna go, but you trust the process and yeah. you just trust your intuition. And then you always end up somewhere wonderful. You know, just like my coaching journey. Like I, I, I started Fantastic. working with these kids and I had no idea 10 years later, I'd be where I am now in the, in the space that I work in with coaching yeah. and coaching. Well done. It just reminds me of how I'm sure you and I meet quite a bit of uh, people transitioning. So I'm just curious. Everyone's obviously have their own little journey, turning left, turning right, making right decisions, making some wrong ones. What would your advice be, right, for someone who is at that brink right now? That's a great question. And I think, and I think it's very, very common. Right. I yeah, think, of course, you know, from when, well, when I worked with the kids, you know, it's like all they wanted was to get that straight A's or to go to a, yeah. a great college. Yeah. But then they, they get there. Then what? And That's the same right. thing happens with adults. You have this great corporate job. You know, you make a lot of money. OK, that's great. You know, that's important to have financial yeah. security. And but then what? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, this, it's very similar. Like when I was working with a 16 year old or the 56 year old <laughs> it's like coaching, it's, there's, there's a lot of similarities. It's just like know. a couple of decades difference. That's all the 60 yeah. and the 56. <laughs> yeah. They're still wanting the, the same age, thing. The age is different. The, the context is different, but the human mm. condition is the same. Okay. And I guess maybe yeah. that's a good way to answer your question that when the advice mm. for people who may feel a little bit lost or they want to do transition, especially in COVID times, yeah. everyone's world has turned upside down. Everything okay, we yes. thought was, was certain is not. So if anything, I think it's important for people to not Get wrapped up at this point in what to do, yeah. or what's a, you know what's a specific job I want, or or what is it that I want to do? It's to really focus on who you want to be, mm. you know, to focus on what lights you up, what motivates you and excites you. Because yeah. uh, even with me, even though I've held you know lots of different positions like uh, acting, SAT tutoring, uh, and now coaching, those are different jobs. Yeah. But my mission is I love to inspire people and to make people feel like they can be more than they are and, and, and to embrace um, who they really are and, and ha have fun. And even as an actor, like, you know, as, as an Asian American actor in the industry, like I, I love acting, I still do acting and I do comedy, I do improv, I still do all that stuff. But, but at the heart of it is because I wanna inspire people. I wanna inspire people to, to laugh, to have fun, but also to know that there's more in them to do better. But when I lost interest in SAT tutoring, it's because I realized that I wasn't making the impact and difference I wanted to make. Because yeah. my, my goal in life, like I said, is to help people find that inner courage yeah. and strength to, to readily step up. And yeah. you can only do so much of that as a tutor because you're teaching them how to take a test. So then that's how I came to coaching, which is, wow, what a perfect combination to be able to use my skills 
to draw out brilliance in people, to help people see, to inspire them and motivate them. So I think that would be my advice is not to get wrapped up in the title or the specific job and, yeah. and the doing, but it's all about the being, which in the coaching world that we hear it time and time again, but it always goes back to the being. It's not about what do you want to do? What job do you want to yeah. do? It's about who's the person you want to be? What's important to you? What's the impact you want to make? And from yeah. there, you might be able to discover your next step. Mm. You know, because it doesn't matter what the next step is if it's not in alignment with who you want to be. Of course, the be and then the do. And I guess many would argue that the being would be, it's hard, isn't it? Or maybe the brain will tell us in neuroscience, right? It's, mm. it's hard to find that out. It's, it's going to be like, I, I have to do all kinds of things and, and I'd rather just stick to the safe stuff, the doing, you know, because it's worked. Um, it's safer. Uh, I'm getting money for it right now, right? Yeah. So, so there is obviously that place where we have to come. Yeah. Uh, where that the pain and pleasure and perhaps more of that wish, the dream becomes bigger than the pain. What what your thoughts are on that? Well, I think it's what, what comes up for me is about um, the difference between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic mm. motivation, right? Got it. So, you know, extrinsic motivation being the external rewards, you know, yeah, if I do true. this, then I'll get this, all that conditional yeah. stuff. And of course, intrinsic yeah. motivation being being motivated from the inside, right? Doing something because mm. the action itself is the reward. And so conditional motivation is important or extrinsic motivation is important, obviously, because we need external things to survive. We need food, we need shelter, we need water, we need security and, and money, all that right. stuff, right? But then that's not what sustains long-term mm -hmm. fulfillment, that's true. right? So I like what you said that, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time and it works, but it works until it doesn't. Right, because right, it's you know, like you know, like we we hear the saying, "What got you here won't get you there." Everything yeah. you've done has worked up to this point, but if so we want to get to the next level, something's got to change. So the intrinsic motivation it it is hard. Being mm. is hard because I work with overachievers. Like overachievers, what you can't do being, right? <laughs> My high achiever, they like, can I just so check off the box? Can yeah. I just practice being five minutes That's a day? Right. And I'm That's like, it. you know, you can't do being being. <laughs> is this whole shift in how you think, who you are. And, and in terms of neuroscience, you know, uh, neuroplasticity, just this yeah. idea that the brain can infinitely grow, but That's the it. brain cannot learn unless there's discomfort, right? Mm. So the brain can infinitely build new neural pathways to learn new yeah. skills. So being is a skill set. And, and, and it is uncomfortable because we're not, when you're not good at it, uh, but you have to lean into that discomfort in order to yeah. build new neural pathways. Otherwise, you don't yeah. learn. Otherwise, you don't yeah. grow. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, um, yes, being is hard, uh, but also that's it's worth it. That's where life really can take off. It's about having the courage to, to jump in, right? Because uh, mm. I don't think any MCC that you've encountered will say like, it's a piece of cake or that it's totally easy or that we haven't doubted ourselves many times or yeah. have had resistance. Uh, but I guess it goes back to having that, that mission of why you're doing this. Like I always say, you have to have something to fight for, right? You have to have a reason to why yeah. you're doing it. And it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. I say that a lot too. So. It brings me to the next question, which is the brave question, right? 
And obviously mm. we've been talking about how we need to get to that tough decisions in our life. And we'd love to ask, what would be your bravest moment as a coach with all your different clients, your uh, yeah. high achievers on one side in the workplace, and then of course the other side, which is the high achievers and the students, right? Yeah. What would be your bravest moment coaching any one of them? So I've been coaching for 10 years and I've been full-time, maybe like eight, like full-time coaching, not having any other income except coaching. So I think the first brave moment was taking that plunge. I am doubling down. I'm full-time coaching. I don't, I'm not going to have any other income. So it's really doubling down and betting on myself, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur, right? I am not an internal coach. I'm an external coach, right? I don't work Mm. for a company. I work for myself. So there's that that really, really brave moment, I think. Um, And that is a really good question. I, you know, uh, in my other, in my coaching group where I'm a participant, you know, something I often say is I rarely have imposter syndrome, but then I realized in the last year that I'm not playing a big enough game that it's like, I've, you know, been successful at what I'm doing, but I'm also playing it safe myself, you know? So my next really big courageous moment, I think is I want to, up-level the industry of coaching, but I also want to be coaching kind of uh, titans of other industries who can really shape uh, their industry, whether, Mm. because I'm in Los Angeles, so I do have contacts of, you know, entertainment moguls who could change the shape of the entertainment industry. And, you know, I have um, other people I work with uh, in like hospitality industry, like these really big, big, big players. So I think my next courageous moment is to be able to really step up and own that you know mm. that i work with not only high levels high achieving people but it's like titans of industries right like literally people who make decisions yeah. that could change their whole industry you know i have contacts who are leading um, medical companies like healthcare companies and I'm, or I'm talking about like presidents of healthcare companies wow. that i have yeah. on my phone that i actually can t- i've been texting yeah. But my next courageous, so my next courageous moment is yet to come. I guess that's the answer to your question. Okay. You know, like my first courageous moment was eight years or like, like eight years ago. Yeah. And since then I've been, you know, little, little courageous moments, right? Like yeah. increasing my prices, you know, uh, adding a, a zero to my rates, you know, incrementally. So that takes courage there. But I think yeah. my big courageous moment which really makes me feel like a little bit scared and a little bit of that imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's being able to put myself in front of these titans of industries mm. and you know, invite them to a coaching conversation or invite them to wow. experience that coaching. That will be really courageous for me. And I'm working up to it. I've been, tra- I've been <laughs> working up to this for several months and I've been talking wow. about it to my coach and my coaching groups, what's gonna happen. So um, that's that's so good. And that's so good because you have mentioned it on this show. So there you go. Uh, It's out there. It's out there and you're going to do it. I'm sure. Just like how you have hustled, if I could use that word, really hard, right? For everything that you've done thus far, including even moving from SAT coaching in that sense to 
workplace leaders, right? So it's, it's definitely shifts happening over there. So just wanted to say, come on, you can do it. Uh, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching. I'll yeah, be supporting. Yeah. <laughs> over the last 10 years then, what would be your top three, if possible, insights that you want to share on this show um, that you've learned along your 10-year journey as a coach? The first insight um, is I alluded to it a little bit earlier that mm. no matter if someone's 15 or 55, you know, it's about the human condition and people were so much more alike then we are different. And no matter the age, what comes up time and time again is that fear, right? Mm -hmm. Of how, how, how that fear stops people from living a bigger life, right? So I think, and the insight that fear never goes away, you know, no matter how successful a person is or yeah, how big true. you get or how old you get, fear never mm -hmm. goes away, but it's about changing your relationship with fear. Wow. And I think- that is an insight that I've had um, for everyone I've ever coached. Fear in some way comes up, comfort mm -hmm. zone in some way comes up. And regardless of who they are, how much money they make, you know, how old they are, that is yeah. probably coach, the number one thing that coaches coach people through. <laughs> um, and the number one thing that if people have a desire to, you know, live a bigger life or live a fuller yeah. life or want something more in their life, they have to, at some point, confront their relationship with fear. Fear, yeah, so good. Um, so that's definitely one big insight. Yeah. Um, a second insight, I think also, which is applicable to coaches, especially starting newer coaches on their coaching journey or coaches striving to get their MCC mm. and anyone who's on any journey is there really is no failure. <laughs> like what I mean by that is there's only learning and the only way to really fail is to stop trying. Mm. Right. And I think that's a really, really important insight is I always tell people fail bigger, keep on failing, <laughs> like make make mistakes. Um, the brain loves mistakes because that's how you learn. And, and yeah. I think the only way to, not be successful at anything is if you quit, is if you stop trying. And I know you had mentioned earlier too that you tr you train coaches, and, and so I have a background in training coaches as well. I've trained you know uh, hundreds of coaches and an ICF coaching school, and I mentor coaches, and I you know listen to the recordings, and and I love coaching, and I love coaches, and I love coaching. Yeah, I'm sure you feel this, this the same way. It's doesn't it break your heart when coaches quit? Doesn't it break your heart when coaches like stop trying and yeah. lit, like, you know, I'll see the expression in your face. I mean, it's like, come on, you yeah. got, you know, cause coaching is such a wonderful profession. Like yeah. literally it helps people make their dreams come true. Right. It sounds cheesy, but that's what we do as coaches <laughs> and coaches, you know, they, they start and, and you know, they're in coach training. They're so excited and they want to change the world. And then it gets yeah. a little bit hard. Right, you know, they get rejection. Um, they they get failures, and I'm like, well, it's not a, and I said it's not a failure unless you quit. Keep on yes. going. So I think that, and and it's not just coaches. It's even anyone in business, really, or in life. You know, yeah. even athletes, right? If this the, the the athletes who make it to the Olympics. They've made they've fallen so many times. They've failed so many times. You know, yeah. and even I was listening to a podcast. 
called Business Wars. It's kind of cool, this new podcast. And it kind of talks about uh, like these icons of industries and how they rise and how they start competing. So I was just listening to an episode about the makeup industry and how these two like juggernauts, you know, in the industry, but how how they all have humble beginnings, right? Like, you know, these, these, these people making makeup in their kitchen you know, and then they sell it to the department store and then it gets bigger and bigger. But every step along the way, they messed up. They yeah. made mistakes, you know, and imagine if they had quit, they wouldn't be a household name today. So it's the same sure. idea that this insight I had that if you want to get great at anything, you're going to be in the minority. And that's important. If you're going to be great at anything, you're going to be in the minority because by definition, greatness is achieved by the few. So even at our level, at you know, as I am a proud MCC, you're a proud MCC, there's roughly right now about 1,200 MCCs worldwide. Yeah. I mean, that's the minority, right? Mm. So to be able to reach greatness or mastery at, in any industry or field, whether it's basketball, coaching, you know, hairstyling, whatever it is, it, you realize that to achieve greatness, you're, you're going to be in the minority. So you have to think in the minority, meaning you have to think differently. You have to think how everyone else isn't thinking. And the majority of people, when it gets hard or when they have resistance, they quit. So really the insight is if you want to achieve greatness at anything, as long as you don't give up and you keep on going, you're already going to be heads above the crowd because the majority is going to quit. And and that breaks my heart and it's sad, but it's true. If a hundred coaches start coach trading in five years from now, I don't know, will, will 20 of them even be coaching anymore? I don't know. Yeah. And I just tell coaches, it's going to get hard. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be, and especially coaches maybe tr- leaving from corporate when they're transitioning yeah. to coaching, let's say you're yeah. not going to be making as much money as you did in your corporate career, not at the beginning, yeah. but if you stick with it, there's exponential growth, meaning yeah you have the potential to every year, let's say double what you make. But if you keep on doubling it in five years, you're gonna be making more than you did in your corporate job. And that's how people don't think, they're not thinking about that long-term mindset just to stick with it. Uh, So that's two insights, even though they're very long-winded. So good, Uh, keep it going. (laughs) And I guess what would be a third insight is, um, I don't know, I'm just kind of, what the thing that just came to me right now is you gotta love what you do. Yeah, I guess that's just an insight. You gotta, you guys, you gotta love what you do. If, um, I guess you mentioned it earlier, many people have maybe they have a corporate job and they've been working there for twenty years and they have a lot of, I don't know, four hundred one k or pension or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you love what you do? Because if you don't love what you do, is it even worth it? Like, mm. you know, for me personally, it's not. But I think that's a question that every person needs to ask him or herself at some point in their life. Because, like you said, you will reach a point, you know, where you're like, wow. What's my next step? Because if anything about COVID times, it's forced all of us to slow down and think. Think about what am I doing? Think about my life and what is worth going back to, right? Because we are changed as a world. Things are different and they're gonna be different. And we have to ask ourselves, Am I enjoying what I do? Do I love what I do? Because if not, then it's time to pivot and to discover something else. And if you don't love what you do, that's okay. And if you don't know what you love to do, that's okay too. 
right? But it's about putting in the effort to look and explore and learn and grow and fail and fail and fail and make mistakes and learn from it again. Because I think we have this notion and especially adults as we get older that we're supposed to have it all figured out or we should know what we're passionate about by now. We should know what we love to do. If I haven't figured it out by 40 or 45, I'm, it's, it's, you know, it's hopeless. If I don't know who I am by 50, it's hopeless. And I'm here to tell you, absolutely not. It's, it, you know, it's, we're like human, uh, being a human is a lifelong journey. Like, you know, I, what I love is I, I have the oldest person I've coached, probably in her, well, my oldest coaching student was in her 70s. So that wow. was cool. A set, you know, this We've woman. Got in something her 70s. similar. Yeah. I, I've got yeah. someone as well, um, 70 plus. In the 70s. So. Yeah. So what a great inspiration. That's like, you know, as long as you have the the desire to keep on learning and growing, you, you can. Um, well, I, well, that was the oldest person I've coached in who's learning to be a coach. Yeah. But I've actually, um, I do some health coaching as well. I do lots of coaching. I do some health coaching. So I have, I've had, co- I've had coaching conversations with someone in her nineties <laughs> who's learning to get healthier, wanting to That's lose so some good. weight and instill healthier habits in her nineties, <laughs> right? So this idea that we tell ourselves oh if i don't have it figured out yet or you know oh i don't know what i want to do i don't know what i love to do oh but it's too late to figure it out that is just nonsense because if a 90 year old something lady can learn want to learn ways to be healthier and lose weight and change her life anyone can do that yeah we don't have excuses then (laughs) yeah there's no excuses um yeah just find what you love to do and don't give up until you find it Hmm. so good so good i often ask this question hayden and you know this is 2021 time stamped because this is going to be in the vaults right forever um what do you think is the future looking like the future especially in the context of coaching that is a great question um Coaching itself as a profession and as an industry is relatively young, right? I would say, um, I don't know, 30 years or something that really, it was really a legitimate profession. And because the last decade or so, there's been a lot of um, disruption and transition in the world. Mm. So because of that, the rise of coaching, because coaches are change agents, right? We help people discover more about themselves in order to make a change. So there's been so much change and disruption in the last 10 years, the coaching industry has blown up. So I think even in terms of the ICF, the membership and credential, people who are credentialed in the ICF has grown exponentially because people are, are seeking development and growth and wanting to be a better version of themselves. So I think the future of coaching, people will continue the coaching industry by the numbers will continue to grow. And that's both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because the you know more people helping people will help more people live their dreams. Like ultimately yeah. that's what I want for the world, for everyone yeah. to have the courage to love their life and to do things they love. More and more people are going yeah. to be open-minded to want to learn and grow and experience new things. Yeah. But the curse part of it is, is um, Anyone can call themselves a coach, right? And then people think they're coaching when, when they're really not. Um, you know, oftentimes we say coaching, you know, the, the bar of entry is very low, but the bar of success is very high. 
And I think that's true. It's to get to a level where you are really highly skilled as a coach and highly skilled in the business of coaching. Yeah. It's hard to do that. And those are two very distinct skill sets, by the way. Coaching yeah. skill set, you got to get good at that. Yeah. Business skill set, you got to get good <laughs> at that too. So in order to be successful at both of those, it's hard. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but, but I think because there's so many people going to coaching who their heart's in the right place. I think they, they love helping people and they're excited and motivated to inspire and empower others. But perhaps they haven't had formal training or proper training or any training, you know, and perhaps they are just giving advice left and right when that's not really what coaching is. Um, and perhaps they're dangerously combining coaching with therapy and maybe they're not, they're not trained in either. That's definitely dangerous if to be yeah. diving into therapy and um, to be working with people that are not ready for coaching, they should be in therapy. And then someone who's untrained is trying to coach them when they should be in therapy. So there's so many different potential pitfalls yeah. that as the industry so grows, um, that's why I really think um, it's so important to uh, have training. I think it's so important to have feedback in your coaching. It's so important to have coaching supervision. And and I think the ICF, obviously, you know, I'm a believer in the ICF as a, you know, MCC. Is the ICF the end-all be-all? Of course not. <laughs> However, it has, but the existence of the ICF, it's in, in a way, I think what people don't understand, the ICF itself is not a school, right? Yeah. The ICF is this organization whose mission is to raise the standard of coaching worldwide right, to uphold a high standard of coaching. So in my opinion, if we want to be a really professional, legitimate coach for a long time, why would I not want to master my craft? Why would I not want to invest in learning how to be a better coach? Um, and like I said, is the ICF way of coaching the only way of coaching? Of course not. But the ICF accredits other schools in order to, and every single school has their own coaching model, yet it has to abide by some sort of standard. So I think as coaching increases, um, individual coaches will need to make that decision whether or not they would like formal training or to, you know, understand the ICF and get credentialed or certified by the ICF. And of course, that's an individual decision. But I think the more coaches who really want to take this seriously, who really want to master their craft, will be looking to a governing body and um, to help them. And the ICF has been around for 30 years and they, they do research on what makes a great coach. So why would I not want to learn the research behind what makes a great coach? And I wonder if because of the success the ICF has had in the last 30 years in terms of upholding this higher standard, other organizations like the ICF might sprout up here and there. Like I know there's a European, right? There's a European yeah, coaching see. federation. Yeah. yeah, and I know there's another, I think there's three. I'm not too familiar. I'm most familiar with the ICF. But I bet um, I see the coaching industry in the next five, 10 years, I think it will even double or triple in terms yeah. of numbers of coaches there are now. Yeah. So as a result of that, there will probably be other governing body that tries to establish its own standard of coaching. Mm -hmm. Coaches need feedback and they need supervision. They need a more experienced coach to give them feedback on, on their coaching. Um, and I think the coaches haven't gotten feedback it's well it's probably back due to fear again it is really scary i remember when you got your mentor mcc mentor coaching it was like oh, you know but it's but it's what we needed to hear it's how yeah. we grew as coaches um yeah, so, so i think sometimes the fear of some coaches who maybe haven't had feedback um it's because they they don't want 
to somehow learn, oh my gosh, I've been coaching for five years and I'm totally doing it wrong or I'm totally not even doing it the right way. And I want to invite coaches to be like, you know, that's okay. Have yeah. that, because how can you get better if you don't know that, right? And also at the end of the day, we're here to serve our clients. We're here to yeah. serve our clients and make the world a better place. So we cannot serve our clients and make the world a better place if you do not know how to improve your coaching. Right? I like to say we're, we're all work in progress so there is tons to be done and tons to realize so that we can become as well so there's this continuous journey for each one of us um, that's one of the reasons i hate and why i started this 100 master coaches right and we were talking about that in the pre-show it's because there's this wealth of knowledge it's within each one of us and what better ways to bring that all together and harness it and put it into a beautiful jar of wisdom for the world. Yeah. So thank you for being on the show. I've got a final question. And I often ask this, what is your powerful question that you love to uh, leave behind for the people listening in today? There's one powerful question that is probably my favorite. <laughs> and I would like, all the listeners, you know, to uh, reflect on this powerful question. So a lot of times, you know, people will, uh, you know, we give our clients or space to share what's on their mind or a space to share what the agenda is for the day. Like just really getting clear on what they want to focus on in the session. Right. Yeah. And I listen, you know, quietly and I take it all in you know, and I just take a pause and I ask them this question. What's this really about? Wow. And I, I just let, I let them sit with that. Mm. Um, and I love that question because it kind of cuts through the BS sometimes, you know, and especially when someone has a lot to say and they're maybe frantic or nervous and they're all stressed out. And I'm like, come to, you know, take a moment. What's this really about? Um, and it's, it's a good one. And I invite anyone listening to so this good. show right now, wherever you are on your coaching journey, whether you're a coach or not, you know, whatever your next level is and whatever, whatever you're going through, take a second to reflect and think about, you know, ask yourself, hmm, what's this really about? Because uh, the experienced coaches, you know, and yeah, as experienced coaches, we know that 99.9% .9 of the time, what you think is the problem, it's not the problem. And it's not, obviously, it's not just in coaching, it's any time. Mm. Well, I mean, going back to um, neuroscience, you know, we have that amygdala, right, which is that lizard brain. Whenever we have a high emotional response, Ooh. take a second, what, wait, what's this really about? You know, it's, it's such a powerful question. What is this really about? Parents, I work with parents, like when their kid, I don't know, spills the water and you want to scream at the kid, wait, what is it? Wait, what's this really about? It's not, is it really about the glass of water? Because it's just a glass of water. You know what I mean? So just having that awareness will really help us grow. Nice. Thank you, Hayden. Really, really. And this is the time where I invite you to share your media handles and upcoming events to anyone listening here to be able to connect with you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for the invitation to do that. Well, the best place is to check out my website, HaydenLee.com. So that's H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E.com. 
And on there, I have information uh, about my coaching. I also run Enneagram groups. If there's anyone interested in becoming um, in a group experience, uh, diving into your Enneagram, I have information about that. Um, I run coaching groups as well. I, it's called Extraordinary Coaches Circle. And that's nice. for um, you know, coaches aspiring to you know, uh, learn how to be better coaches, get feedback. Uh, we talk about business skills. Um, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> My YouTube channel is Hayden Lee Coaching. Um, I have lots of videos on there. A lot of it is around the Enneagram currently, a lot of Enneagram stuff on my YouTube channel, Hayden Lee Coaching. And you can check out uh, my Instagram. <laughs> my Instagram also is, uh, my handle is Hayden Lee Coaching. So, Wonderful. Yeah. And with that, I say thank you. Thank you, Hayden, um, for your time, for your wisdom. Thank you so much, Mel, for having me on the show. And, and it's good to know you know that I, there, I have a fellow MCC on the other side of the world who's on a similar mission that I am. You know, okay. it's really, yeah, let's, let's really help coaches and help the industry become better because uh, it will help, it helps the world. When we have better coaches out there, it helps everyone. So. Absolutely. And with that, this is Coach Mal signing off with Hayden on the 100 Master Coaches Show. Catch you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Bye. You have been watching the 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mal, MCC. Brought to you by Catalyst Coach. www.catalystcoach.live we will be right back with our next Master Coach on the 100 Master Coaches series.